the one with Jen Beth and I had discovered doggy style, and we were having one hell of a time indulging in it. She grunted as I rammed into her, panting as she reveled in what she had called earlier, the raw, animalistic nature of getting fucked from behind. My hands clenched her spectacular ass, and my eyes were riveted downward on its perfect, flexing curves, watching as my long shaft slid in and out of her pussy. My belly slapped audibly with each impact as I slammed against that backside. That ass was why I loved Doggy so much with Beth. Oh God, did I love that ass. I backed off my ferocious pace and slid slowly in and out of her now, letting both of us catch our breath. Her firm, wet walls caressed me enthrallingly as I slid through her. The tiniest of quivers raced up my balls, reminding me that this session would not last forever. But I was becoming pretty good at prolonging mutual enjoyment. I relaxed and settled back into an easy, lasting rhythm. Oh, that is so nice, Beth said, catching her breath fully and relaxing. Nice. I scoffed. Okay then, if you prefer, I feel transcendent, you magnificent stallion, she snarked back. Continue forever, she demanded in noble tones. Is that better? Beth added archly, smiling back at me, her face flushed. Much, I panted, still a little winded from the earlier frantic pace. At the moment, I very much wished I could literally obey her. After a few more companionable thrusts, Beth tugged her ponytail off her back and down over her shoulder. Tell me, she said, as if in a normal conversation, do you really think Ben is interested in me? I'll freely admit that this was not a subject I would have included in those likely to come up under the current circumstances. I will boast that I did not skip a beat in my easy rhythm, however. My vocal response was less impressive. Ah, oh, what? Beth looked over her shoulder at me again, this time with a puckish grin, and shrugged, waiting for my answer. I gathered my thoughts. First, I am very sure he is, though he has never said a word to me about it. Second, why the hell would he not? I mean, look at you, I said easily. I punctuated that last bit with two much more powerful, though still slow, penetrations. And third... Any particular reason that you bring it up now? Jealous? Beth teased easily. You know I'm not, I replied. A lie that was surprisingly tiny. I was really only jealous that she was thinking about him right then. I was thinking about how much I like getting screwed like this, Beth confessed, meaning the doggy style. And it just occurred to me that even if the guy wasn't hung like you, Mr. Circus Freak, I'd still feel really full this way. Hey, I exclaimed, bizarrely moved to defend my bra. What makes you imagine that Ben is small? Nothing, I hope he's hung. But we both know that he ain't hung like you. Beth pushed her ass back against me, indicating she was wanting me to up my efforts again. But she had started the conversation. I was going to finish it. I only sped up a little. Maybe he is, I prodded playfully. Alistair, Beth said, pushing back harder now. If there were two cocks like yours in one school, the whole place would have collapsed into some giant penis singularity or something. She still found ways to further pump up my ego. My dick throbbed with renewed stimulation as I started really going at it once more. The slick, wet sound of my passage in and out once more 
punctuated by soft slaps of my belly against her ass. Fuck, it felt good. Still, I grunted, while I still had breath to talk. Once I'm done prodding you, do you want me to actually go prod Ben into making a pass, would you? Beth panted back. Though don't prod him the same way as you are me, I snorted. Unless you want to give me that threesome with the two of you that I want, Beth added wickedly. I slapped that perfect ass. Walk with me, I said to Ben, as we left the dining hall. He shrugged and fell in beside me as I led us outside after dinner and into the really nice evening. It had been a formal night and we both looked painfully preppy in our khakis, blue blazers, and ties. What's up? Ben asked. Let's talk about Beth. Hey, I have never told anyone. Not about anything, but especially not about the whole twins thing, Ben declared in sudden anxiety. Easy, dude. We know. And I always knew you could keep your mouth shut anyway. Thanks. But if you remember, Beth was most persuasive, Ben chortled, a little apprehensively. It is that first part of her persuasion I want to discuss, I said, not the threat part. Ben's eyes got a little dreamy. Oh, dude, you have no idea how hot that was. You went and beat off the second you left my room, didn't you? I taunted quietly. Dude, Ben cried, punching my in the arm. I just laughed. I thought so. Ben could apparently blush too, but he was not happy with me. Time to distract him from my asshole. Ish comment. Well, I think you should ask her out, because I'm pretty sure that she'd be receptive. You think so? Ben asked quickly, suddenly enthusiastic. I went in an instant from a dickhead to the bearer of glad tidings. What makes you think so? He inquired, getting a hold on himself. Dude, it's Beth, was all I said. He knew how good friends we were. If anyone would know, I would. Still, it wouldn't help to pile on the incentive. She didn't crawl onto your lap like she did, just to keep you quiet. The threat would done that. No kidding, Ben shuddered. Besides, she has started talking about you lately, I added. Not a lot, but at the damnedest times. Oh, man, Ben said excitedly. I've got talk to her more, but I almost never have the chance. Let's invite her to join the Dyed campaign, I laughed in his face. Dude, Beth may like you. I suspect she really likes you. But she doesn't like anybody enough to play Dungeons Dragons. Even if he had a nine-inch cock, I knew that last for a fact. I had already asked. Ben and I both laughed at the very idea of a nine-inch cock. That bad, Ben asked idly, trying to imagine other avenues. I mean Bridget likes did. Man, let me clue you in. I said, Bridget fucking loves Dodd now that she has learned to play. But Bridget loves the Lord of the Rings and Marvel movies. Beth likes fucking rom-coms and dramas and shit. Then how can I figure out if she is actually into me, if I can't hang out with her? How the fuck do I know? I complained. I was being somewhat sincere, actually. I'm the guy who had never had a date until a month and a half ago, remember? You should be advising me. You run into her all the time, right? It's a small school. Instead of waving and continuing on to wherever you were going before you saw her, stop and just talk. He rolled his eyes at me. Hey, it has worked pretty well for me, I said, shrugging elaborately in my limited experience. Ben snorted. I know about your limited experience. Some of it I could not help but murmur. Fortunately, Ben missed the comment, or at least the implication. 
I should be so lucky, he shook his head. You don't think Beth is up to their standards, I asked a little sharply. Oh, fuck yeah, Ben said hastily. But in case you haven't noticed, I haven't had so much as a shred of the famous luck of yours with Beth yet. If I ever do, I suppressed a laugh at his unknowing double. I suppressed a laugh at his unknowing double and tender. Have faith, my friend, I said instead, clapping him on the shoulder. I wouldn't have talked to you if I didn't think you had a shot. We walked companionably, Ben with a dreamy look on his face. It occurred to me that things might get sticky, though. I knew all too well the potential disaster secrets could lead to. I felt a little transparency was in order. Still, I added, after a few strides in silence, fair warning. Even if you do get lucky, you will not be the only lucky guy in the picture. Actively in the picture, Beth does what and who she wants to. If you do get with her, I can tell you for a fact that you won't have her all to yourself. Ben digested that? Who? he asked at last. Can't say that I know, I answered very carefully. And it wouldn't be for me to tell you if Beth keeps it a secret. Her life, right? I watched him carefully. If he took my heads up any number of potentially unfortunate ways, I might have to warn Beth. Ben shrugged at last. You are not wrong, he said amiably. You are not normal either, but you are not wrong. And with that, he went back to trying to get me to help him out. Screw that. I'd already given him more help than his mangy ass deserved. I probably would have left Beth and Ben to work things out on their own instead of providing the help I just had. But I had my own agenda. I had long since come to the conclusion that the girls teasing me about trying to bag either of our classmates Jen or Poppy was in fact a stupendous idea. They were both very pretty, and I had been in loads of classes with each in the four years we'd all been at school. But while I may not be normal, I am at least normal enough to know that whoring off after yet another female seemed presumptuous. Even if the girls were the ones pushing it, or least trying to tease me about doing it, if one of them were to go off and hook up with another guy, especially one of my friends, I'd probably look better doing what I wanted to do. I'd certainly feel better about it. As Ben wandered off to change out of his formal duds, I elected to lean into the jacket and tie. I suspected I looked less like a string bean in the coat, and I wanted to go see if I could run into either Jen or Poppy. As I entered the hall of the main building, it was crowded with underclassmen. With less than half an hour until study hall, they were all socialising before lockup. I may not be the tallest guy in the student body, but I'm plenty tall enough to see over the general crowd. Or tall enough, at least to hope to see either of the girls I was looking for in time to steer myself their way and put into action the advice I'd given Ben. That advice had actually sounded good to me when I had made it up on the spot. Sadly, I did not run into either of them, but I did see another girl who might be good to simply practice on though not actually pursue. It wasn't because Petra wasn't attractive. At average height, with brown hair so light, it is verging on blonde that she wore in a watcha call it page boy style. Petra's face had that Eastern European or Russian look where her skin seemed pulled extra taut over her facial features, accentuating all the sharp angles. On some girls like that sophomore, Tasha Animosova, it looks kind of mannish. On Petra, it looks striking and exotic. 
I wasn't terribly interested, however, in a girl generally known to be not, so secretly lesbian, and more to the point, one who had sort of gone out with Bridget not once, but three times. Bridget had herself directly characterized at least one of these occasions as a date. Bridget never volunteered a word about Petra, so I was sure as hell not going to pry with the girl directly, but I was afire with curiosity. Was Bridget full, on bisexual, or was she just curious and exploring Petra's vibe? Maybe I could get a hint from chatting with Petra. Also, Bridget was my friend, probably my best friend, and despite the fact that we were having sex slightly more often, if anything, than I was with Beth or Carla, my primary concern for her was as that friend. I barely had been in one class ever with Petra, which was unusual, and I kind of wanted to check her out and see if she was suitable to toy with Bridget's emotions and sexuality. Check her out as a person, guys. You pervs. I steered into her path and said, Hi, Petra. How are you doing? Then I stopped to indicate I actually wanted to listen to the answer, incidentally blocking her way enough to slow her down. Good. Um, Alistair, she answered. I wondered if she was as confused by my sudden last-semester name change as most people were. What's up? I had arrested her progress. Was it really this easy if you were just confident? Nothing. Just enjoying the home stretch and dreading the apps. Where are you going to college? I don't think I've heard. I added. It was a question. Everybody asked everybody, BC, she answered, smiling. Noise. I congratulated her. I think it is my best fit, Petra said. Then she added, more defiant than glum. Harvard apparently also felt that Boston College would be my best fit. I winced politely. Inwardly, I liked this girl. There are three basic responses people have when they go for the big brass ring of an ivy and miss it. Most just never speak of it again. A few get all whiny and look for sympathy. A few, like Petra apparently, wear their L's on their sleeves proudly and defy anyone to make something of it. You father's checkbook probably agrees, I said firmly. She smiled. We stood awkwardly for a bare moment. I didn't want to extend things and waste the introduction I'd made. I could talk to her more later. Well, thanks for telling me. And seriously, BC is awesome. Yeah. She agreed casually, as if she hadn't probably spent the last four years focused like a laser on getting into Harvard. We started to head off in our opposite directions, when she stopped and said, Hey, Alistair. I paused. You are friends with Bridget, right? Petra added hesitantly. Sure. Since freshman year, I said blandly. Interesting to have her to be the one to bring Bridget up. Well, you and she. Anyway, does she say anything about me? It was almost a challenge, and not a completely friendly one, I thought. No, I replied cautiously. The thing was, everybody kind of knew that Petra was a lesbian, but while she obviously wasn't all closeted or something, she also wasn't ever exactly out and proud like the other Legeepkeek students we had in our class, either. I mean, I added hastily, I know you guys have been. Ah, hanging out a bit lately, but I've never asked about anything, and she doesn't. Anything, and she doesn't. Anyway, smooth dude, smooth Petra, didn't seem to be either definitely relieved by that, or definitely pissed by it either. 
No wonder she seemed to confuse Bridget a bit. She sure confused the fuck out of me. She obviously wasn't interested in me, but she seemed as interested about me as I was about her. Cool. Thanks, she said at last, and we went our separate ways. Did she actually sneak a peek over her shoulder at me after we parted? Did she see me sneaking a peek over my shoulder at her? The conversation had achieved precisely Dick, all to tell me if I needed to worry about her with Bridget. Still, the whole just-talk-to-the-girl part of the experiment seemed to work. I just needed to engineer enough chance encounters to develop a rapport right. It was fairly easy with Jen. She was an artist, and spent a lot of her free time coming and going from the school's big art studio that always stank of oil paints. Jen was average height and seemed to have a pretty nice bod. She virtually always wore loose corduroy pants and knit turtlenecks, no matter the weather or season. You never got a good look, but it was impossible to miss that she had a nice pert ass and the contents to fill the front of those turtlenecks quite impressively. I took to using the north stairs to reach my dorm room. It was out of the way, but went right past the art room on the second floor. Sure enough, I almost immediately achieved my goal of running into Jen. I was coming down when she appeared from the art room, heading for the stairs in the same direction as me. Hey, Jen, I said cheerily. What's up? Two months ago, I think that she might have jumped out of her skin to discover that this shadowy walking beanpole was capable of social interaction outside of a classroom. But I think she, like most people, had lately gotten used to the idea that I was a living, talking person instead of a piece of mobile statuary. But I hadn't talked to her as much as I had other people, especially other girls, largely because I kind of had desires for her, and that complicated things. It was time to just take a deep breath and simply see what happened. Hey, all, Jen said easily, but with her head down a little. She often walked like that. Or should I say, Alistair, I hear a lot of people calling you that now. Did you change your name or something? I laughed. More like I had it changed for me. But you can call me whatever you like, Jen. Yeah. I have two canvases left for my app portfolio, she replied as we went down the stairs briskly. That made her boobs bounce around bit somewhere under her turtleneck, and I can't say that was a bad thing. Isn't that due already? I asked, some actual concern in my voice. Those deadlines were inflexible. Tomorrow, she replied. I just can't stop fussing with those two pieces, though. How'd you know I'd just been painting? I drawled. The facts that you had just left the art room when we ran into each other, and that you are a really pretty good painter, led my Sherlock Holmes, level deductive powers, to come to that conclusion. Jen actually smiled at that and murmured, Duh, I guess. Also, I added, you have a fresh little spot of vermilion paint on your temple. Vermilion, she said, confused. She felt for the dried spot beside her eye and scraped it off easily. Looking at it, she said, It's crimson for, actually, but very good getting that close. I didn't know you painted. I've never seen you in the studio. Sat word, I said, explaining everything. Prep school kids are obsessed with getting into college, which means they are obsessed with the sats, which means they are obsessed with vocabulary. Even our jocks walk around with speech full of five dollar words. Well, thanks for telling me. Jen said, 
I might have sat through dinner with that on my face. Come on, I said. I was just the first person to see you. It was a pretty bright blob. Alistair, you know people usually don't like to look me in the eye. I do not, I replied honestly. Why the hell not? She stopped in the hall and turned to me. She stared me in the eyes, a wry grimace on her soft, delicate mouth. Look at me, Al, she said after a moment. I'm the Zeit Queen of this school. People don't meet my eyes because they don't want to be embarrassed by looking at my face. Okay. Jen had always struggled with her complexion. It had cleared a lot since we were freshmen. But she did still have way more Zeits than was fair. But so the fuck what? So the fuck. So the fuck, I asked. I like looking at your face. It's really pretty. You have that little pointed chin like an elf. And how about your crazy blue eyes? They are really big, you know. Her eyes were indeed large and very pretty, and they widened slightly more at my words. I occurred to me that I was suddenly being effusive. That's another sat word, folks. Anyway, I went one, dropping my gaze for just a moment in only partially feigned embarrassment. Anyway, I went on, looking back up at her. A few inflamed pores doesn't mean a person isn't beautiful. Yeah, but my face is covered with inflamed pores, so she replied crossly, fading into uncertainty about where the hell this conversation had come from. She was clearly a little taken aback that someone had the balls to actually talk to her about her zits, and even more surprised that she herself was willing to reply. For the record, I said firmly, your face has not been covered with inflamed pores since sophomore year. What? You've been tracking my zit count for four years, Jen cracked unhappily. No, but I've always just liked looking at your face, I replied honestly. That really surprised her. She looked me in the eyes as openly as she had yet. I hadn't noticed. You weren't supposed to, I muttered, as if to myself. Before she could decide whether she heard that, I went on. Now that we are talking about it, I'd like to look at your face some more. How about I buy you a milkshake at the tuck tonight after dinner? We can sit across from each other in a booth and I can stare openly at your face. Jen laughed at that. Sure, why not? I'm not going to turn down a chocolate shake with someone who will actually look me in the eye. She looked up at me for a moment, then added, It's a date. I approved of her vocabulary, even if date is not an sat word. We were in the tuck about an hour after dinner sitting across from each other in a booth, just as I had suggested. I was indeed staring at Jen's face, especially at that moment, because she had her soft lips wrapped around her straw, cheeks caved in as she sucked hard on the over-thick shake. It was a very arresting sight, to be honest. We had been talking about chess, of all things. I never knew that she played. She had certainly never been to any chess club meetings. But apparently... I got lost in watching her suck on her shake between sentences. Hello, Alistair. Draw or hold em, Jen said with amusement. Oh, crap, she'd changed the game discussion to poker. Oh, sorry, I temporized. Guys, attention span of a gnat, Jane said with amused irritation. At least you can still look at my face. Surely it has occurred to you that guys might want to look elsewhere for reasons other than avoiding your complexion, I asked carefully letting the filters I kept on my hormonal instincts open a measured amount. Her eyes widened and an outraged smile crossed her face. 
Alistair Taylor, a smutty comment from you. I'm offended, I said archly, with a smile that had just enough of an edge to tell her that I was not being entirely dishonest, that you think I can't be as smutty as the next guy. Then I winked at her. I like to think I can be smuttier than the next guy. With that, I deliberately let my gaze slide downward to the front of her turtleneck. They were really nice tits, actually. I especially liked the way the vertical ribs in her knit top stretched and bent around where they covered her breasts as if they were a popographical map. Was she just wearing tighter turtlenecks these days, or was she filling them fuller? I smirked as I silently enjoyed the view as blatantly as I could. Ahem, Jen said after letting me stare, much longer than the simple beat my gesture acquired to make my point. My lovely zites are up here, I slid my gaze easily upward to meet hers. And I said yes, but your lovely tie. I choked myself in mid-word. Let's not widen those filters too much. Too fast. If I thought she had smiled brightly in outrage before, her face practically blinded me this time. Her jaw worked soundlessly. I kept my gaze resolutely on her face. I think that made it more effective. Jen leaned forward in the booth, and I leaned in too, in response. Al, she whispered hoarsely, did you just say my lovely tits are down there? I grinned easily and whispered back. I did not. I did not finish whatever I was going to say. She started to smirk, and I cut her off. But if I had said that, it would only have been the truth. Jen sat back on her side of the booth, still scandalized. She clearly didn't know what to do with this sudden encounter with All 2.0, or Alistair, or whatever she was thinking I was. She snatched up her shake and sucked hard again on the straw, as if buying time to think. I almost wished she wouldn't suck it like that. My mind was having a hard time not racing on ahead with images like that in it with images like that in it. What it would feel like if she did that to me. I really tried to keep my eyes on her face, but they just had to flick downward to those boobs just for a second. She caught it, of course. Leaning back in again, which did nothing to ruin the view, she whispered once more. Oh, so now that you have an excuse, you can stop staring at my face so you can think of smutty things to do with my tits. Ha! I really think that she wanted to sound angry. I think she wanted to be angry. I was pretty sure that she was not. Oh, I can think of smutty things to do to your mouth. Ah, oh, I mean your face as well. Jen's head dropped in disbelief. Her short auburn hair swayed as she shook her head in disbelief. I briefly worried that I had gone too far. Ah, well, seize the day, nothing ventured, nothing gained, and all those other stupid old aphorisms that had served me so amazingly well these last few weeks. I cannot believe, Jen said, raising her head to look at me again, that all Taylor just asked me for a blowjob. In the tuck, on a first date, she said blowjob so loudly I jumped. It was close to loud enough for others to hear, even in the crowded snack bar. I looked around wildly, as if scandalized by her this time. I did not ask for anything. I hissed in friendly affront. I do not intend to ask for anything tonight, except for a second date. Jen's jaw worked speechlessly, amazed at the balls on me. When the fuck did you get so damn crazy? She asked. I'd certainly never heard her drop an F-bomb before. 
I actually considered that question for a moment. I think I've always been this crazy, I said introspectively. I just never had the guts to let anyone, even myself, know it. She grabbed her shake and slid to the side of the booth. Let's go for a walk so people won't hear me giving you a piece of my mind. I slid out after her, noting smugly that she hadn't told me to take a hike. She had told me to take a hike with her. We walked down the basement hallway outside the tuck. Jen was almost hurrying. Her steps were so quick. I've got nearly a foot on her, so I was able to amble and still keep up. As she turned into the tunnel, over to the science annex, Jen looked up at me at last, only to find my gaze already on her face, still trying to play the game of saying, you like looking at my face. Ha, I am not saying anything, I said. I am just enjoying looking. I did take my eyes off her face long enough to make sure I was not going to walk into walk into anything in this tunnel. The passage to the science annex had the virtue of being deserted, which was good for a suddenly heated conversation that was doing nothing for either of us. Unfortunately, I suspected that the stairs out at the other end might not even be unlocked at this time of night, and we'd have to turn around. It's just... Guys have never said I'm pretty. You are being weird, Jen grumbled, walking slower now beside me. If that were true, which I don't believe, it's the other guys who are being weird, I said a little grumpily. You are obviously beautiful. But like I said, you have got to be lying. You've had a bunch of boyfriends. You went out with Clive Bartlett for most of fall semester for crying out loud, and nobody calls me pretty, not even Clive although he certainly was quite happy with the rest of me. Oh, ho, oh, I murmured. Shut up. My point is some guys certainly do think I'm hot or have a nice ass, but only you get all gooey about how I have a pretty face, because I do know. I leaned down and quickly kissed her cheek, her left cheek. The one with the majority of her current zits. For the record, you and your face are both pretty. I'm sorry Clive didn't make you happy and tell you. Oh, he knew how to make me happy, Jen began before cutting herself off and muttering. Why am I talking about these things out loud? She strode firmly for a few steps before going on. I broke up with Clive because he was all clingy and thought he owned me. I was kind of a bitch and made it very clear that he didn't own me by using another guy to demonstrate. I stopped dead in the hall and crossed my arms, turning toward her. That was quite the humble brag, I said in amusement. I was not bragging, Jen stomped her foot. I was, besides revealing what a bitch I can be sometimes, trying to say I don't need or like insincere flattery. Quit trying, I'm not trying anything, I said, resuming our walk. Jen sucked angrily on her straw. That was still unspeakably hot and if she kept it up, I was going to get a boner. You really don't think you are pretty? I asked, honestly puzzled. Jen just looked at me. The pained look on her face told of an unwillingness to answer. I realized that my pushiness was the cause of that pain. It flashed on me what I had been doing. Oh, wow. I am so sorry, Jen, I said, almost panicky in my apology. I, of all people, should understand how you feel about this. I should have realized. I should have realized. I'll stop trying to push the compliments. I promise. The pain receded from her face. It didn't go away, but it had been pushed away by curiosity. Skeptical curiosity. Look, 
I went on, eager to explain myself. Recently, I've gotten a lot of compliments too. Ones I was not used to, and which, I don't know, confused me. I either didn't understand why they were a compliment, or I just didn't believe I was that special. But I did like them. After I heard them enough, I finally believe at least some of. Then now, I guess I was being pushy, because I thought I could make you believe too. We silently agreed to resume walking down the corridor. Even during the day, it seldom got much use. It had been built to allow students, and more importantly, faculty, to go between the two biggest classroom buildings on campus when it was raining, or especially snowing. It was not a straight shot, dog-legging left, then back right to get around the pond that was partly between the buildings. It had been an echo chamber when it was first built, the older faculty said. But they had added insulation on the ventilation ducts and put carpet on the floors. That last was a mistake, as far as I was concerned. People only usually used the tunnel during bad weather, and the school had to keep replacing the carpet. From the look of things, they were going to need to do it again. Soon. And you say, I'm good at humble. Bragging, Jen said, after about twenty more yards. What do you mean? I asked. Unless I miss my guess. And don't try to pretend that I'm wrong. You just casually dropped that you got busy with some girl and received an endless stream of compliments. Ones that were so good you, quote, had a hard time believing, unquote, Jen said slyly. I was trying to be oblique, I replied quickly. Fail. This conversational gambit could go lots of ways, and I didn't see too many of them going anywhere good. I bailed by letting my confusion show. Whatever, I mumbled. I was just trying to say sorry. I forget compliments can be hard. You're weird, Alistair, Jen amiably said, and we just kept walking in companionable silence, reaching the end of the tunnel in just a couple moments' time. I twisted the door handle leading into the science annex, and sure enough, it was locked from the inside. I should have thought that this might be locked, I muttered. You are weird, Alistair, Jen said again, putting her hand on my shoulder this time and turning me gently. But I kind of think I like your weird. Her gentle turn of my shoulder became a gentle push backward, and I took a step back in response, then another, my eyes looking down at the smile on Jen's pretty, yes, pretty, damn it, face. Another step, and I had backed against the blank wall beside the door. Suddenly, Jen pressed against me and lifted up her head toward mine. I instinctively bent, and suddenly she was kissing me. The kiss was soft and tentative, our lips brushing against one another gently, then more firmly, then more gently again. We were feeling each other out, fumbling to discern a connection. I lifted a hand to rest gently along her jawline, and brush her cheek lightly with my fingertips. I realized that this was my first kiss since my very first one, a five-week eternity ago, where I was not anticipating, for one reason or another, that things were going to advance crazily fast. The feeling of doubt, instead of anticipation, was actually damned enthralling. Then my tongue, I swear of its own volition, couldn't keep to itself. I let my own lips part slightly and I ran the tip out just enough to brush her lips. Fortunately, Jen's tongue seemed to have similar difficulty knowing its place, and it practically leapt out to meet mine. 
In moments, our mouths were wide open but still pressed together, our eager tasters wrestling with each other within. This kissing session had gone from a sweet exploration to something that my cock felt obligated to wake up and started taking notice of. Jen's hands, which had pressed me up against the wall to start all this, now began to explore my chest. Her fingers ran over the soft cotton of the Hawaiian shirt that Carla had insisted I buy, tracing and exploring the outlines of my torso. To be clear, I am not buff, not even by preppy standards, but I had been working out for two years, so the muscles I do have are pretty hard. I was not proud, but I also wasn't ashamed of what she was feeling up, and I knew for certain that for the first time I was aware of being actually felt up as her fingers found my nipples where they tented through the fabric, and began to tease at them, I was also aware that I was not going to stand there and get felt up without indulging in the practice myself. My hands rose and clasped her waist, right at the point where it flared out to her tasty hips. Jen murmured happily as I began to touch her, and I could feel her lips curl, and I could feel her lips curl upward against mine, in a smile. As I slid my hands slowly up her flanks, she pulled gently away. I could tell that she wasn't retreating from my touch, but was instead making sure that my hands had room to do to her what she was doing to me. I needed no encouragement anyway. My hands swiftly slipped upward and found her sweet little titties. Not remotely little, really. They made for nice, generous handfuls. They were warm and firm and held their shape beautifully, or so I assumed, based on how flimsy the bra was, that I could feel under her turtleneck. Her nipples easily made themselves known through both the unseen bra and the thin knit of the turtleneck. I could feel them harden between my fingertips. Jen wasn't pressed against me below my waist, or she would have felt a similar, but much larger, hardening happening. And then, as if responding to my thought, I felt one of her hands abandon my chest and slip down my belly. It brushed across the front of my pants, then stopped and rested there, not exploring me, just enjoying my hardness. Jen broke off our kiss and took a deep breath, pressing her forehead against mine. I can't believe I'm going to do this already, she muttered, and she sank down to her knees in front of me. I looked around wildly. We were in the middle of a hallway. As much as I approved of what Jen clearly had in mind, it was little crazy. But as I looked around, I realized that this was a lot more private than it looked. At this end of the corridor, it expanded about six feet to one side, where there were two electrical panels, a fire hose cabinet, and a large ventilation trunk. But there was a nice little patch of blank wall in, between, against which Jen had maneuvered me. In this gap, you would not be seen, either from the corridor as someone approached, or through the window in the currently locked door to the darkened annex. Only someone standing right in front of us would see us. Sound was another thing, of course. Still, this was one of those pockets of potential privacy at school that were so hard to find. There was no way on God's green earth that we had stumbled on this spot by accident. Why don't I think that this is the first time you've horsed around in this exact spot? I murmured with amusement down at Jen, who had unbuckled my belt and was working on the button of my slacks. Because you are a smart guy? Jen asked back with matching amusement. 
but this is only the second time I've been horny enough to risk actually doing this here. Keep an eye out, she told me. Jen freed my button and tugged my zipper downward. She opened my fly and tugged my slacks down about a foot along my thighs. The tails of my shirt partially obscured the bulge in my underwear, but the fact that I was more than interested in the proceedings was apparent to her. She reached out a finger and stroked the bottom couple of inches down to my balls. Yes, she said enthusiastically as she reached under my shirt and tugged my underwear down to my trousers. Then she lifted up the shirt. Jesus Christ, she exclaimed loudly. Shh, I hissed in near panic. Yes, the reaction of a girl seeing my size for the first time still was insanely gratifying. But we were going to get busted. Jen slapped. He hand over her mouth in equally alarmed reaction to her shout. She looked over her shoulder swiftly, then looked up at me with wide eyes. Shit, she whispered. We shared a wild-eyed look, taking courage in each other's half-panicked smiles. She looked down at my cock and reached out a hand tentatively toward it, her other hand still holding up my shirt to keep a good view. I mean, wow, Alistair, she spoke again, quietly this time. Part of the reason I went down here was because your awkward confidence was weird, but kind of a major turn. On. Now I can see where you get it from. She stroked a single fingertip down my length, sending electricity through my body as she went. She cupped my balls when she reached the bottom, turning the electricity into lightning. I gasped involuntarily, but as quietly as I could. Unbutton your shirt for me. Jen essentially commanded, freeing the hand that was holding my shirt out of the way. I complied as quickly as I could. The last thing I wanted at that moment was anything getting in her way. Her first hand wrapped gently around the base of my shaft and slid softly upward until she clasped just my helmet in her fingertips. Her second extended a finger which reached out to trace up the prominent blue vein running my length. The tease of her light touch was insane. I slumped against the wall. You are killing me, I gasped. Thank you. Jen just looked up at me. If you think I'm killing you now, just wait. Her eyes swiftly returned to examining every detail of my cock. And you are saying that I'm confident? I laughed quietly. In answer, Jen just licked her hand until it was soaking with her saliva. She wrapped it around me, a little firmer this time, and began to jack me, slowly, firmly. She ran that hand up and down, virtually my whole length. Her free hand cupped my balls again, and I felt the nail of her middle finger reach up and scrape lightly along the skin, behind my balls. It dragged tantalizingly from almost my asshole forward to my scrotum. My whole body trembled involuntarily. I had had sex, I was not sure how many times by now, but I suddenly realized that this was my first hand job. If they could be this good, I was well in favor of them, but this was not a hand job. It was a prelude. Jen leaned forward and extended her tongue. Delicately, she let the tip tap against my eager purple helmet. My whole dick jumped in response, which clearly gratified her. She continued like that for a bit not licking me, but just touching me all over with the tip of her tongue. 
The only sound was the quiet, slick swish of her hand's measured strokes. I strained to hear if someone was approaching, but there was only blessed, wonderful silence. I continued to tremble. Then she opened her mouth and leaned over my cock. But she didn't take me inside. She only breathed on me, hot breath washing over my tip, luxuriously. At the same time, that middle finger of the hand, cupping my balls, dragged up underneath me again, slower and firmer this time. I gleeped a tiny, quiet sound. I couldn't help it. Jen chuckled a tiny bit and lowered her head. I felt her breath grow even warmer over my tip, then her lips closed around me as her tongue lifted to press moistly against my suddenly imprisoned end. Jen began to bob and twist her head on my cock, her rhythm matching that of her still relentlessly pumping hand. I pressed one hand back against the wall behind me as hard as I could. I needed to steady myself, but I also needed something to remind myself of the need to keep a rein on my voice. My other hand slowly brushed her short, auburn locks as she gave me this incredible show. Tentatively, I ran my fingers into her hair and held on loosely. She never took more than a few inches into her mouth. She never tried. It was clearly not her way of doing things, and it was absolutely, positively not necessary. Holy shit, I was in heaven. I wanted, desperately, to use every trick I had to hold off the bum's rush of an orgasm which heralded its imminence, but... We were standing here, sort of in public. There was absolutely no reason that I could think of for a faculty member to come through that door. But that had never stopped any of them. They showed up at the damnedest of times, as I've said before. I decided to let it take me. I'm going to come, I warned hoarsely. Jen nodded and released my cock from her mouth with a little gasp. Good, just make sure to get it all in my mouth. Don't jerk back and hit my face. I don't know how we'd clean it up. With that rather extraordinary set of instructions, she took me back into her mouth and started sucking on me hard, as if she was still trying to drink that overly thick milkshake back in the tuck. I don't know how successful she had been at drinking the shake, but for my part, I could not help but give her plenty to drink. My hips writhed, my hand tightened in her hair, and I jetted hard into her mouth in two strong surges. I dimly heard Jen Gack quietly on the volume, but I was mostly struggling to stay upright and quiet. I managed both, sort of sagging at the knees, precariously, while groaning so quietly it was more of a hiss. She took every drop and quickly squeezed up my shaft, licking the results clean. I grunted silently and felt my cock twitch a last time. A final gentle ooze appeared, dripping down toward her still gently moving hand. She licked that clean as well. It was the longest stroke of her tongue in the whole glorious event. Satisfied that I would not drip any more, Jen stood up and swiftly moved to tuck me back into my underwear, looking around as if half expecting to see an audience watching. Damn, it is so hot doing this here, knowing someone might catch us, she said with a furtive, excited smile. But seriously, Alistair, she added, tugging my slacks back into place and working on my zipper in haste. You make it even better. There is so much of you to play with. She tugged at my zipper roughly, and I moved my hands to do it myself in self-defense, buckling my belt right after. 
Come on, she said breathlessly. Let's get out of here. Part of me wanted to bail too. I did not want to get busted any more than she did. But come on, not yet. I grabbed her arm before she could turn and murmured, No, 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 no. I pulled her back and this time pressed her back against the wall. Her eyes widened as I sank to my knees in turn. No girl has ever done that to me where I didn't get to take a turn, either before or after, I said firmly, with a tiny bit of that aggressive growl in my voice, to gauge her reaction. And I am not going to let that happen here. I slid my hands firmly up the fronts of her thighs, enjoying the feel of their soft curves. What are you? I tugged her fly open to find a turquoise pair of boy panties underneath. I leaned forward and lightly kissed the front of them very briefly. I looked up and smiled, gently lifting one leg upward. I slid my hands down her calves and tugged off her shoe. Setting it aside, I let her leg fall back. No, really, Jen began again. What are you doing? Making it so I can do this properly, I replied simply. With that, I tugged down both her cords and the panties underneath, sliding them down to her knees. I beheld a neatly trimmed, red-tinged triangle of brown fur before me. I wanted to stop and kiss it some more, now that it was bare, but our excitingly vulnerable circumstances had my mind warring with itself between getting the job done as expeditiously as possible and getting it done right. I shook my head. The only way this risk was worth it was to do it right. Jen sure as fuck had done it right after all. Hadn't she? I compromised slightly. I tugged the same leg upward, using the fact that I had removed the shoe to let me slide her foot free from the leg of her pants and panties. Jen slowly lowered her leg, still staring down at me in disbelief, but also in anticipation. I caught her leg and lifted it again, levering her backward on her one, still-clothed leg against the wall. Her corduroy slid further down to a puddle around the one ankle, while I turned and began kissing my way up the inside of the bare leg I had lifted up. I moved slowly, mixing pursed lips with lavishing tongue. Already, I had Jen's hips rocking side to side, even thrusting out toward me eagerly. I moved slowly, but inexorably upward, going as fast as I could, while still making her feel like I was taking forever. We are gonna get busted, Jen hissed. I just shrugged. But inside I was quivering with excitement. It got harder to restrain myself as I got closer to her pussy, because Jen smelled amazing. Did she wear perfume down there? If she did, it was just a trace. But it sure seemed that she wore that trace. Regardless, she drew my nose like a magnet. Eventually, I couldn't help it. I turned my head from her thigh to her crotch without warning and dragged my tongue up the length of her sodden, curl, covered snatch. Now she quivered hard. I swung my arm up under her free leg and braced myself against the wall with it, letting the leg drape over my elbow. This left me with a lovely open field to play. I ran my tongue up and down, her slit parting for me in but a stroke or two. Both Jen's hands found themselves running through my hair and she sighed. Fuck that feels good. And I mean this, Alistair. You are amazing. Not only do you have so much to play with, un, mon, but even your cum, mummy, tasted great. Oh wow, yes, just like that, I snorted into her crotch. I tather goob? 
I replied, not letting my lips quite leave their furry nest. Yuthatiyama thing, she really did. I had enjoyed a lot of pussy, but she was maybe the best I'd had on my face. Again with the flattery, Jen asked archly, but short of breath. I lifted my face from her crotch this time, sliding my free hand up to replace my tongue with a gentle finger. Her eyes widened as I slipped a second in with the first. Listen, Jen, I'm not flattering, and I absolutely know what I'm taking about, I said sternly. Then I winked at her. Your face is beautiful, and your twat tastes terrific, she snorted. Deal with it, I added as I bent back to finally seek out her clit with my tongue. Its tiny hardness wasn't hard to find, and her loud gasp at my finally giving her the contact she had been wanting would have told me, even if I hadn't felt it. My fingers were still stroking inside her, so I lifted my head once more. You better tug up your shirt, I said. What? she panted. You want to see my tits? Now? Yes, I want to see your tits, I said quickly. Often, but not now. You just need to be able to bite on your shirt or something, so you don't draw half the faculty with the noise you are going to make in a minute, she laughed. She might have laughed super loudly, except her breathing was already too shallow. Wow, Jen gasped, conceited much. I can be quiet, she asserted. I shrugged. Our funeral. I smirked and dove back in. I was going to make sure this girl was satisfied down to her toes. If she got us busted. That was on her. I was almost positive that they wouldn't kick us out of school this late in the game, not when we both had gotten into good colleges that made the placement office look good. I flipped the two fingers I had already pressed inside her over, curling them upward in there now, pressing the tips right where I thought they would be most effective. At the same moment, I pressed my nose against her bush and absolutely raked her clit with my tongue over and over, as quickly as I could. It broke her. Jen gasped. Then, like steam escaping a kettle, she shrieked sharply, cutting herself off almost instantly. Almost. But I just kept up my assault on two fronts, and she just kept on coming. She slammed her back against the wall, unsuccessfully trying to escape my tongue, and kept trying to swallow her screeches. Every time a fresh wave washed through her, a little sound would escape, be it a squeak, a squeal, or a usually much quieter moan. Finally, she jerked her leg downward, tearing my bracing arm away from the wall and pulling her thighs together and forcing my face from between her legs. Reluctantly, I slid my hand free as well. Shit, fuck, Jen panted, her eyes wild and her mouth twisted in an involuntary grin. I'll never doubt you again. Oh shit, I was so loud, she bent, still mentally confused from my efforts, reaching for her pants. I lifted both them and her panties, holding them so she could easily slide her free leg back in. She tugged them up and into place, and I slid her shoe over so she could step into it. I wiped my face quickly and rubbed my hand off on the back of my pants. Jen zipped up, and we wordlessly started walking back down the corridor. When we realized we were hearing nothing, we both relaxed at last. No one had heard. Our pace slacked and our hearts stopped racing. In a moment, we were walking amiably along. 
The only things that distinguished us from any two students having a conversation while walking were our pinky fingers, which were linked together as we walked, and around the bend strolled Miss Green coming right toward us. Oh wow, if Jen had let me keep going thirty seconds longer. Hello there, Jen, Alistair, the leggy rookie faculty member, said casually as she approached. By now, I had come to grips with the fact that I am a terrible pig. Here I was, strolling with a fantastic girl who had just rocked my world moments before, and I just could not help but check out Miss Green, legs for days, sweet rack, curly sun-bleached hair, and eyes like her name, she was hard not to look at. I shook my head quickly, my recent habit of more openly looking at hot girls was not in order when the hot girl was one of the faculty. Was that you? Mrs. Green asked almost absently. I thought I heard something. Shit, shit, shit. I think I did too, Jen replied with just a slight amount of interest. I think maybe it was a rat. The school should call Varmint Vengeance or somebody. It was a lot of squeaks, Miss Green said slowly. Maybe rats fighting, Jen added. It seemed like a struggle. You heard what you thought were rats fighting, and you aren't up on Alistair's shoulders, riding him like a jockey and whipping him to get you out of this tunnel. Miss Green scoffed good-naturedly. My dad works in the city, Jen said easily. Damn, this girl could lie when the chips were down. I've ridden the subway a million times. They are all over the place down there. Miss Green just shook her head, peering uncertainly ahead into the tunnel. What were you guys doing in here? I guess you found the door was locked. We didn't know, I said. We were going to pass through the annex to see if anyone was playing ultimate out in the field. Pretty dark for that by now, Mrs. Green said absently. Rats, huh, Armin? Then she brightened. Alistair, are you sure you? Hmm, you two don't want to walk back there with me. I can let you through the annex and you won't have to walk all the way around. No. But thanks, Miss Green Jen said easily. Like you said, it is probably too dark by now for anyone to still be out. Seriously, the rats will leave you alone. They are way more afraid of us than we are of them. The teacher shrugged and headed on up the corridor. Have a good night, kids. But maybe study a little at some point. The app exams are almost here. I may have watched her go just a beat too long. Jen elbowed me in the ribs. Getting a good look at her ass, she whispered. I looked at Jen and grinned sheepishly. She got the scandalized look on her face and elbowed me again as we resumed our walk out of the tunnel. You would totally do her, wouldn't you? she whispered. I stared at her as if the thought had never occurred to me before. She just looked at me with an accusing smile. I looked her right in the eye, sighed, and said, Yep, in a fucking heartbeat. A peal of laughter burst from Jen's lips, as if she looked at me for a moment. But you are just confident enough to try, aren't you? Probably not, I snorted. Seriously not. I mean, Icarus, son, no assembly desired. Well, go ahead and try, Jen said, still chortling. But if you succeed, promise you will tell me you did. Then I can say I fucked a legend. I haven't fucked you, I said, yet. Hummy, good point. We'll see, Jen said, rather maddeningly. I do need to study some tonight, don't you? She went on, even more maddeningly. 
Yeah, I agreed reluctantly. I really do not want to have to take shit like calculus and basic chem again when I get to us. I brightened. I do believe that we had talked about Saturday night, though. Oh, wait, Jen said, suddenly concerned. Poppy and Chelsea and I are doing the movie together. We've been dying to see this one. Sorry, it's a good movie. I have plans to go with my boys, too, I replied easily. But after, she looked at me. After sounds good. But I'd like to find some better privacy. As hot as the fear of getting caught just now was, that was fucking close. It was pretty fucking hot, wasn't it? I whispered. We both actually giggled. Then Jen heaved a sigh. But wait. Look, I should tell you, she hesitated. What's up? I asked calmly. She had stopped in the middle of the hallway. Look, she said again. I already said. Anyway, I've got plans on Sunday with Trevor. He asked if I wanted to split an Uber with him over to the Cranberry Mall. Then we are going to have dinner after. It's kind of a date. Cool, I shrugged. Then I poked her in the side and steered her into walking again. He's better looking than I am, I said encouragingly. Hey, I don't know if I'd say that he is better. Well, he is buffer than me, that's for sure, I interrupted. Have you seen him with his shirt off? I have. We lifted together the last two winters. You just keep getting weirder, you know that, Jen said. You really wouldn't mind if I... If he... If we hooked up. Not that I plan on it. Not yet. I still don't know why I did that with you, at least so quickly. Jen, I said firmly, you just gave me a stupendous experience. We just agreed to have another one Saturday after the movie. But if we never have another one after Saturday, even if we don't have the one on Saturday for some reason, I will have been lucky. You live your life. As you said earlier tonight, no guy owns. You. No guy should. She shook her head in bemusement. But she didn't walk away either, just striding along beside me. This time, I lead the way up out of the basement, and we stepped outside by the pond. One thing, though, I said mildly. If you do do anything with him, you have to tell him about me, or at least you need to tell him there is a me, if not who me. What? Jen exclaimed. He might flip his shit. Not everybody is a psycho like you. Me. A psycho. You are walking here beside me, after what we just did, telling me that you are going to hook up with Sir Trevor, of the six. Pack, Miss Psycho, I challenged with a grin. One, Jen said sternly. I explicitly said that I don't know if I am going to hook up with him, Sunday or ever. And two, she added, in a quieter voice. Does Trevor really have a six? Pack, I think I just improved Trevor's chances, I laughed ruefully. But if you do, I went on relentlessly. Tell him something. Tell him enough. Multiple partners can be managed, but multiple secret partners is a ticking bomb that can make you miserable. Believe me, I know that all too painfully well. I didn't feel compelled while making this point to tell her that all's well, that ends well in my case. How much sex are you having, Alistair? Jen challenged. Quite a lot, actually, I mused, a little surprised when I thought about it. And yet you went and put a full court press on me. A gentle one, but a full court press for sure. What can I say? I said, looking into her face once more. You are really, really pretty. What do you know? I thought to myself as I went back to my room 
to do some actual studying. My slugging percentage is finally no longer 4.0. I actually liked that. Mostly, it made me feel slightly normal again. Jen wore a skirt instead of her usual uniform of tan or green corduroys that Saturday night. When I saw that across the auditorium, where she was settling in to watch the movie with her friends, I took it as a very promising sign that we were still on for later. The movie was very good. You could tell because people mostly shut up during the run. Mostly. I watched it with just Carla. Since Beth was sitting off in the back with Ben, I really hoped Ben was up to the challenge of Beth. As for Bridget, she was off with some guy on the other side of the auditorium as well. It was too bad for him, and more to the point, too bad for Bridget, as he clearly had no chance. I could tell that from her body language before the movie started, even from across the room. At one point in the film, I felt Carla's hand steal into my lap, waking up my penis in short order. I did nothing to dissuade her, but I did whisper in her ear, Listen, I haven't had a chance to tell any of you guys yet, but I kind of have a date after the movie. Carla's stroking hand barely missed a beat. About time. Poppy or Jen, her hand cupped my balls. Yes, I said, carefully. Both, Carla hissed, trying to keep her voice down. I wish, I replied. Fortunately, my laughter was masked by general hilarity at what was happening in the movie. You need to know, Carla. You just don't need to know who. No secrets, Alistair. I don't have secrets from you, Carla, or from Beth or Bridget, but this one isn't mine to give. Carla's hand just kept making my cock very happy for a moment. <sighs> she whispered sarcastically. Who knew you were more than just a humongous cock with a very skilled life support system? I snorted. Tell her welcome to the sisterhood of Alistar's travelling cock, Carla said after another moment. She can come to the meetings if she likes, whomever she is. Hey Alistair, Jen piped up as I neared the booth where she sat with Poppy and their friend Chelsea after the movie. The tuck shop was full. Oh hi, Jen, I said as if I had just casually happened by. What's up? I invited myself to take the fourth seat in the booth, but kept half my ass hanging off the edge, as if I didn't mean to stay. Hey, Poppy, I added. Hey, Chelsea, I turned back to Jen. Did you get your app art portfolio in on time? I asked, as if that was my reason for stopping. I had seated myself next to Poppy. Jen had Chelsea blocked in across from me. I turned and looked at Poppy. She is a bit taller than average, but unlike other tall girls such as, say, Carla, Poppy is all about the curves. Atop her long legs, her hips are generous, though still pretty sleek, and her tits always looked. Heavy to me, in the best possible way. Her bobbed blonde hair framed a cute face that seemed puzzled, that I, of all people, would just up and sit in the booth with her. But she was not upset, that was all to the good. I had some ideas about Poppy too. A fair number of ideas, in fact. But the situation reminded me that I might have some difficult and careful manoeuvring ahead if I wanted to make any headway with her, considering that Jen was just about her best friend. So Poppy, I asked friendlily, what other apps do you have tests for besides Calc? Poppy was in the upper division calculus class with me. She had been in a lot of honours math sections with me over the years, actually. And she had usually gotten better grades. 
If you want to study Tuesday before the exam, I could use the help, I added. She shrugged noncommittally. As for Chelsea, fuck Chelsea, and not in the fun way. She was possibly, possibly, better looking on the outside than either Poppy or Jen, but was hideous on the inside. She was one of the few girls who, throughout my time at school, didn't just look through me. Instead, she had taken an active disdain for me, and had been one of the few people, male or female, who had actively tried to make my life miserable. I had always avoided her, like medieval people avoided the plague. That is to say, with limited success. Like either of you need to study, nerd, Chelsea said, clearly not on board with the whole allowing all to breathe our air program. She was in the lower division app calculus, where she barely belonged. Oh, who put Icy Hot in your panties, Chelsea? Alistair is cool. Interestingly, it was Poppy who shot down Chelsea, not Jen, noted, but Chelsea seemed undeterred. Since when is String Bean Taylor cool? The unfortunately pretty girl sneered. Since, Jen started to say, but I cut her off, just in case she was about to say more than she wanted to. Since I noticed that you aren't really Queen Bee material chels, I said easily. You might want to figure that out before you get to Tufts and someone schools you about it. Hey, easy there, Jen said. She slid out of the booth. Come on, Alistair. I need to talk to you anyway. She tugged on my hand, and I let myself be pulled away. I had been the guy who invited himself to the table, after all. Bye, Poppy, I said brightly, ignoring Chelsea, who was opening and closing her mouth like a blowfish. I followed Jen out of the tuck. In the hall, she said. Well, that worked out pretty well. Now we have an excuse to be missing the rest of the evening. I believe you said you had a good private place. I leaned in and grinned. I do, but the fuck is that girl's problem? She's such a bitch. Was I really so jaded that a gorgeous, sexy girl like Jen was saying essentially, let's go be alone. And here I was, fretting about some other, very bitchy bitch. She's not so bad, Jen started to say. Jen, listen, I know she is your friend. That's cool. I have friends who rub other friends the wrong way. That's the way humans work, I think. But I don't need you to protect me. Protect you, not on your life, Jen scoffed. Poppy sure seemed to want to, I growled. I'm pretty sure Poppy, like me, was protecting Chelsea, not you, Jen said. What, dude, you kind of looked like you were going to take her over your knee and tan her backside. I looked at her in horror. Me? I'd never. Um, ever. I was genuinely upset. I had been raised with a fairly specific set of values that included never, ever hitting a woman. The thought had never occurred to me. Jen looked at me. You are one tall pile of sexy contradictions, Alistair. Well, I said, taking a deep breath. If I am so sexy, I think I have just the place to go and contradict you. With that, I lead Jen off toward the library. As we walked... The image of spanking Chelsea in a non-punishment kind of way snuck back into my mind. It was kind of gross, actually. I just did not like that bitch, but the image of spanking someone I did like, who had maybe been teasing me, that bore some future thought if the occasion ever arose. Would we or wouldn't we? That question occupied my mind as we walked over toward the largely deserted library. 
I had no idea why the school kept the place open on Saturday nights, but they always did. I guessed that hope always sprung eternal in the hearts of teachers that any of us would want to study on a Saturday night. Hope may not have been springing eternally in my mind, but it was pretty much front and centre at the moment. Still, Jen and I just chatted idly along the way, not even holding hands, at least not until we were in the stairwell, down to the basement. As I keyed in the code to the recording studio, Jen hissed. How did you find this place? I work in the library, I shrugged. One of my jobs is to make sure that whoever used this room last puts all the shit away. They never do, but it means I have the combination. Jen walked into the space. She wasn't a musician and had never seen it. I pointed out what the various stuff did, what was good about the setup, and what the school should do better. I also pointed out the burn mark in the carpet that Kaz Kadalfi had made with firecrackers because she wanted explosion sounds for a song she wrote, and was too dumb to just download a couple of M3s off the web. I always wondered why she got sent home for two weeks, Jen mused. Yeah, I agreed. I thought it was for pot until Miss Sonioki pointed out the burn so I could help her find a way to cover it up. She never comes in here herself, and I about had a heart attack when she saw the armchair over there that I had snuck down here from the reading room. She noticed it, but just shrugged, and said someone had had a good idea, Jen snorted. You brought an armchair down to a recording studio. What is it for? I just looked at her. Her eyes widened, and she looked at the chair, then back at me. She bit her lower lip, just very briefly, then approached me. She reached out and ran a finger down the center of my chest, letting it trail off as she reached my stomach. Alistair, she asked slowly. Besides me, just how many girls have you brought down here? Now, there was a difficult question. Was the truth going to help me out here? The partial truth? I could hardly claim there had been nobody. Screw it. The truth will set you free, or at least not make you ashamed of yourself. And who knows? Three, I said, after taking a deep breath. Before this. Jen just stared at me. She turned away, but not toward the door. She said quietly, I'm about to hook up with a man slut. Hey now, I began. She turned back quickly. It's a joke, Alistair. Sorry. To be honest, the charge sort of fit. But that had not been my point. Don't worry about it. Slut wasn't the part of what you said that interested me. Her eyebrows knit for just a moment, before she grinned at me. Horny bastard. I do prefer that to man-slut, I said slyly. But as long as the term ends up being appropriate. Ha, Jen scoffed. She tilted her head to the side theatrically and said, You are just interested in adding another notch in your bedpost. I just stared at her intensely. I wasn't trying to be all mysterious, alpha male or anything. I just was using every ounce of my concentration to keep from saying out loud. For two days, I haven't thought about much else than your notch. Still, she froze under my gaze for a moment. She bit her lip again. She was very carefully maintaining a good distance between us, too far for us to touch each other at all. I couldn't help myself and took a step toward her. She backed up instantly, then turned the movement into an approach of the armchair. She sat down in it with exaggerated grace, crossing her legs demurely and tugging down on the short hem of her skirt 
as if that was going to conceal any meaningful amount of her smooth, creamy thighs. She leaned back and rested her arms across the back of the chair. Damn, she looked hot. Strip for me, she said blandly. Excuse me, Strip, she repeated. I want to see you without a stitch on. Me, why asked, I asked. I'll admit, I was taken aback. Jen had come up with a new one. You want me to be all fired up about my appearance. Let's see how confident you are in your own, Jen said, in that same bland voice. Chicken, I kind of froze. It had been a while since that had happened, though I'll admit it was a big part of my regular repertoire, up until everything had changed. I stared at her, just sitting in that chair, all prim and proper, especially below the waist, with her tightly crossed legs. She stared back. Every stitch, she added evilly, pointing down at my feet. That actually did me a favor. Kicking off my shoes was easy, and it got me over my paralysis. I lifted one foot and peeled off the sock, then lifted the other and did the same. I thought about being playful and tossing them to her like an old-timey burlesque dancer, but I realized I'd been wearing those socks for a while now. Not a good idea. I tossed them onto the mixing board. You know, I said, I'm not the one who is down on my body. I'm quite happy with parts, in fact. She just snorted. Maybe you ought to be the one doing the ego. Boosting exercise, I said hopefully. Jen snorted again. This isn't a boost. It's a test. She leaned forward in the chair, now resting her elbows on her crossing knee and cupping her chin in both hands. And more to the point, I have barely seen a foot and a half of your tall ass body naked. It was a critical foot and a half, I'll give you, but still. She smiled at me with a superior expression. Every stitch, she repeated, making a little shooing gesture. I shrugged and said, fine, one naked string bean coming up, but I get mine next. I unbuttoned an extra button on my polo shirt and tugged it off over my head. I turned and tossed it over on the board, or to my socks. When I looked back at Jen, she sat there unmoved, still staring at me. We'll see about that, was her only reply, in a doubtful tone, but with a smiling expression. I still don't see what kind of eye. Candy I am supposed to offer, though, I groused, tugging my belt open. I felt I needed to make some kind of show, for whatever kink was revving Jen's engine, and pulled it slowly loose from my pants. I swung it over my head, before tossing in onto my other discarded clothes. <sighs> hum, said Jen. You are no threat to Chippendales, especially in the dance moves department. But I do like what I see. She seemed to mean it too, really. I was surprised, honestly. You aren't some Hollywood hunk, Alistair, but you aren't skinny anymore, and damn sure not scrawny. Your body looks hard and strong, a lot better than I was expecting, actually. Your praise is turning my head, I said, tugging open my fly. In fact, it kind of was. Getting praise for some part of my body, besides my dick, was a nice new thing. Still, it was dick time. I had grown a lot more confident in the recent weeks, and it showed in my clothing choices that Saturday night. I had not been sure. I still was not sure about whether Jen and I were going to actually screw that night, but I had been real certain that whatever we were going to do, underwear, was just going to have been an inconvenience. 
so I had not bothered with any, instead just being very careful about zipping up. I tugged open my fly, and my cock bobbed into view, already well and truly excited about things. Jen just shook her head in bemusement when she saw it again. No underwear tonight, I think that I am being taken for granted, she purred. I might have blushed a little. I'm just an optimist, I guess, I said. I pushed my pants off my meagre hips and let them drop to my ankles. I bent and picked them up, tossing them with my other clothes. I straightened up, suddenly self-conscious. Tada, I ventured. I have brilliant ideas, Jen said quietly to herself. My turn for a show. I asked playfully, unsure what to do with myself or my hands, other than stand there, hard, on bobbing in front of me. Jen's eyes crinkled in a smile. No, she said. No, I replied, nonplussed. No, she repeated. I like this whole dynamic with me wearing clothes and you completely naked. She looked at me seriously. It makes it easier for me to be here alone with the most amazingly confident guy I've ever known. She did straighten up, however. Then she finally uncrossed those legs, spread them slightly, and leaned back in the chair. She positively draped her arms across the back this time. It was a suggestive, almost lewd pose, giving me just enough of a view up her skirt to rivet my attention without quite letting me see her panties. Turn around, she said, almost idly. This whole experience was not what I was expecting, and kind of. Interesting. I turned around. Nais was all she said. Please, I scoffed. No, really, she said, enthusiastic sincerity in her voice. That is a hell of an ass, Alistair. Seriously, you have all these three other women in your history, she began. Six, I corrected her. You said three. I looked over my shoulder. Three in this room. I wanted to turn around to say that, but I kind of felt obligated to keep my ass toward her. This was new. You are the first to compliment my ass, dumb bitches, muttered Jen. I took the opportunity to turn and advance toward her. They mostly just grab it and hold on for dear life, I growled. Jen laughed, noted for future reference. I was getting impatient. That's a lie. I had been impatient. I was getting really impatient. I moved to right in front of her. That's it, I growled again, though I was beginning to sense that that assertive Alistair was not the key to Jen. I need to know. Am I going to fuck you tonight, or just lick your pussy into a coma? I glared at her good-naturedly. Jen looked back up at me, with an equivocal expression. And if I haven't decided yet, she asked. I stared at her. I wasn't ready for that answer, I sighed. I sank down to my knees in front of her. Well, while you are deciding, this part is going to happen either way, I grumbled happily. I placed my hands on her knees and pressed them much farther apart. I slid my fingers up the soft, smooth, well-shaven skin of her thighs to the soft black cotton of her skirt and pushed it upward. I laughed. Looks like you weren't the only one of us that was taken for granted, I chortled staring down at her bare panty, less pussy. I had my ideas, Jen said, her voice getting a little hoarse, and I still haven't decided. I looked at her and saw she was serious. I nodded back. For just a moment, I was solemn. Then I grinned like a wolf and bent down for the part that was going to happen anyway. 
Will you stop that, Alastair? Jen snapped. Stop what? I asked innocently, looking up at her. Licking my pussy, she tried to snap out the words, but only panted. Don't you like it? I asked innocently. I love it, you bastard, Jen said, as I once more raked my tongue up her slit. But, damn it, I really want to find out what that thing feels like between my legs, not just your tongue. Oh, that thing's is much bigger, I said. Jen first sputtered in frustration, then moaned when I sucked gently, once again, on her hard little clit. Sorry, I said, releasing her bud, but I just am enjoying myself so much. I bent back once more. I kind of was really enjoying tormenting Jen. She had held me in suspense, and now, despite my male instinct's scream to climb up there and fuck her at last, I was going to make her pay a little. Alistair, you magnificent asshole, Jen gasped, her hands running through the hair on either side of my head. Then those fingers clenched, hard. She tugged upward, forcing my head up. It kind of hurt. If you drive me into a coma like that, and I don't get to fuck you tonight, I will never let you touch me again, she said slowly, keeping her quivering body under iron control. Her hands kept tugging me upward. I lunged forward on my own power, her hands almost springing away from my hair in surprise. I kissed her mouth deeply. My tongue, still drenched in her own juices, slipped into her mouth. She stiffened at first, then relaxed. Then she stiffened again, as the head of my cock softly pressed against her vagina. She was soaking down there, of course. I'd made her come several times already. I barely had to wiggle to get my tip past her outer gates, but then I suddenly met with wonderful resistance. Jen was tight, and her tense anticipation made her even tighter. Relax, I whispered against her lips. How? Jen scoffed. I still don't know how that is all possibly going to fit inside of me. If it doesn't, it doesn't, I murmured in her ear. But I'm going to try. I pressed harder and felt my shaft slip hesitantly deeper into her snatch. Damn, she was tight. Why? I asked her softly, penetrating her just a bit more. Am I still utterly naked and you are still fully dressed? I worked myself another full inch inside her to punctuate that question. Because, for tonight, Jen grunted, slowly taking more of me. I am the decider about this. Oh God, and your conceited, unarrogant promiscuous. Ars is mine to command tonight. I only nodded my assent to her terms. Next time, um. Next time, erg, if you are good. Oh fuck me, you just keep coming on in deeper, don't you? Next time, maybe? Ooh, you get to call the shots. And like that, I was buried between her legs, kneeling on the floor before the upholstered chair. My cock was in a prison of delights, and I let it nestle there, twitching happily. I like the sound of next time, I said. You haven't done much yet with this time, Jen grunted, squeezing me with her inner muscles. The boss had spoken. Slowly, excruciatingly, I drew myself out of her, teasing with every retreating inch in much the same way I had teased her to several orgasms already with my tongue. Her hands grasped my allegedly amazing ass and squeezed, preventing any further withdrawal. I looked into her eyes and jammed my cock into her as hard and as fast as I could. Her eyes flew wide and she gasped as I pulled out and slammed in again and again.
My knees rubbed painfully on the rough, sound, absorbing rug, and I did not care. Without pausing my thrusts, I jammed a hand up under her shirt and grasped a succulent tight. The delicate lace bra she wore was little more than a token, and I shoved its cup down out of the way, contemptuously. I clasped my fingers about her flesh, jiggling as she was under my long-denied assault into her crease. It was such a nice breast, but its charms were almost lost in the sensation of my cock driving into her after all the novel, torment she had made me endure. I'm sorry, I gasped. Gonna come soon, not inside me, Jen gasped, still clamping herself around my cock. My eyes opened wide. I realized that for the first time I was fucking a girl, truly unprotected. I slid free my hand and tugged upward on her shirt. Jen joined me and yanked the garment off over her head. It caught on her head, but she wriggled and finally ripped it off. Her bra was blue. I noted almost absently. I wanted to make her come first. I really, really did. But I had made her come several times already. I was still on round number one. I had no chance. With a roar of frustration, I yanked myself free from inside her, roaring in frustration at not finishing inside. She reached for me and grasped my throbbing shaft. I fucked her hand for a single pump and just spooed all over her belly and bra. Jen jacked me furiously, but all my doubt and frustration, my pent-up anticipation and desire had combined into just that single, mighty eruption. I looked down. Her bra and breasts, her stomach and sternum, were all glazed in the product of my release. Oh, oh, oh. I gurgled incoherently. I quivered for a moment, then collapsed back to sit on my ankles, my cock slipping free of her stunned fingers. We stared at each other for a moment, then burst into breathless laughter together. She leaned forward, cum dripping all over her chest and kissed me. Man, her mouth tasted good too. So listen, I gasped as our lips parted. Yes, Jen murmured in reply. When you go to the mall tomorrow with Trevor, get me a pound of sour apple jelly bellies, would you? I asked. You, she groaned, are the most cocky bastard I've ever met. 